There we go. That's what it looks like to be in sync, Tom Parry. Yeah, was... you don't hear all our um, issues when we're trying to start the podcast because, you know, we're not recording at that point. And even if we, we did record them, we'd edit them out. Exactly. But here we are, revealing our wares to you, dear listeners. Um, yeah. it's Behind fine. the scenes of Tom Matt Attack. Yeah, I... I was going to ask you who's your favourite member of NSYNC, but I actually only know one person in that band, so let's oh, just get uh, on with it. Freddie. Oh, look at you. I was just going to say Justin Timberlake. I'm so No, basic. I don't know if anyone called Freddie is in NSYNC. Let's find out. It's Tom about Attack. <laughs> Freddie seems like the alternative guy. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Are we? Are we looking it up in sync? We yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Freddie. No, unfortunately, there's no one called Freddie. There's someone called Joey, though. You were ch- you were close. You should have just gone with yeah. Chris. Chris is also someone from NSYNC. I like L- Lance Bass. Lance Bass is a good name. Lance Bass sounds like someone from Gossip Girl. Anyway, I'm revealing too much about myself and my viewing habits. How are you doing, Tom Parry? Oh, I- I'm just fine, thank you, Matt. It's been a- it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this, so I got a few things I can talk about, but actually not that that much in any great detail because I I think I've said this before on the podcast. I- I'm I'm a filthy casual gamer. Do you know what I mean? You're wearing a pro gaming headset. You're not allowed to say that. Have I, you got a I'm gamer wear, chair? I, no, of course Good. not. And to call this a pro gaming headset is, is you know, a little bit too much at praise. It's it's the cheapest Turtle Beach I think you can buy. As, but I was going to say, Tom, it is still a Turtle Beach. There is still a microphone. You still have, like, bright green and black headphones. Oh, I, d- I do, but I know I don't have a gaming chair, and, and nor will I ever have a gaming chair, because I heard they're not very good for your back and... Uh, this chair's fine. I hear this, but also, like, I can't imagine that the 1970s um, <laughs> Danish design chair that I'm sitting on is probably very good for my back. Well, actually, think... you know, neither of us play games like at, on, on one of these chairs. I think it's safe to say both of us play them on the sofa, don't we? No, actually, I play mine in the Tom Parry Memorial chair. Um, oh, right, time. okay. Um that, don't worry, Tom Parry hasn't died. I'm not speaking to a ghost. It's just a chair he left here in the shack when he departed back for old Blighty. Um, yeah, no, that's I... much better than any gaming chair. You know, that should be the new sort of template for the gaming chair. Honestly, like, I don't know if we've ever talked about this chair on this podcast. <laughs> well, when, when we moved in together, way back when, when Tom Parry and I were actually roommates, and it was an actual Tom and Matt shack. Um, Tom Parry bought this chair that I looked at and was like, why the hell do you want that? And then I sat in it and I was like, oh, now I understand. And so mm. when Tom left, when we when we separated in that divorce and I moved in with my lovely lady wife, I kept a picture that we bought and Tom kept the chair in the, the knowledge that one day one of us would leave Denmark and we would grant the other one to the other person. And now I have both because I stayed. <laughs> and that chair, Tom yeah, Parry, it's, yeah. it's a godsend. It's a good chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't get gamer chairs really. I don't see. I don't see what they're doing other than they're a, a trend. 
Well, I mean, it's a way of extorting money from people, isn't it, Tom Parry? The same way that, you know... Like if you're a gamer, you need a gamer chair. And if you want to look like a professional streamer, you need to be sitting in what looks like a race car seat. Is that, um, is that correct? I, I believe so, yeah. One of, our, one of our friends of the podcast, who I shall remain nameless because he's within the video gaming industry, uh, posted a thing on Twitter the other day that was essentially a picture of someone like going, yeah, and having their arms in the air on a gamer chair at a really nice-looking monitor with weird neon pink lights in the background. Oh, that's and it, it says, isn't it? It said at the bottom, discover the exciting word of video game development. And the guy's snippy comment was just like, yeah, this is what, this is what 19-year-old stream video game development is like. Oh, yeah, gosh. I feel so out of touch with the gaming sort of world right now. I really do. I just yeah. feel like I, I have little interest in the majority of stuff that's going on nowadays. <laughs> I just feel I'm getting further and further away from it. You know, every yeah. time maybe a game's announced that... I, you know, it's of a franchise I know I like, then I'll get kind of excited. But um, nowadays, you know, I'm not even checking out so many new games just because I just don't know. I just don't have as much interest in doing that nowadays. <laughs> he says as he speaks on a video game podcast. No, yeah, I'm no. going to say, actually, there's one you told me to check out. Yeah. And I've, I've checked it out and I can tell you about that. Good. Okay. Well, before we do that, then, I, yeah. I feel you. I understand. There was... um. There's a Twitter account again I follow. We are not sponsored by Twitter. Called uh, Poorly Aged Things, which is um, an interesting Twitter account. Essentially what it does is it posts tweets or images after the fact, after an event has happened, where, you know, you look at it and you go, ooh. Uh, For example, there was one of the lower bar ones I've seen over the last couple of days was Jimmy Savile presents Stranger Danger, like a book that he was commissioned to do by the BBC. But generally speaking, it is things like historical events in recent like history or political things that have gone on and people have said something in the media and then the next day done completely opposite or whatever. And one of those was today some guy who was really big on Twitch, who I don't know the name of, uh, has now gone over to YouTube and the end joke of his little video that he made where he blows up a car. He blows up a, a purple car to get into a red car, you know, like him getting off. Oh, I know the guy. Uh, he's the guy who wears the uh, sunglasses and has got the moustache and the headphones. Yes. No, not not Dr. Disrespect. Him I actually oh. know. It was some other guy, though I can't remember okay. the name of. But anyway, doesn't matter. He did that. He moved over to YouTube. And like the last joke of this video that I was like, why am I watching this? What has this person done? Is that he wouldn't get copyright strikes as much on YouTube. Because apparently that's a big thing on Twitch where you can't stream video. But again, I don't watch people on Twitch. Um, And so he, yeah, he makes this joke about like, haha, at least it's not so bad on thing. And like he he plays music out to this trailer. And he watched a a video that was like the top 50 YouTube videos. And he got um, DRMC'd for watching Baby Shark. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So there we go. Fun and games. It's... well. We live in a corporate think, dystopia, Tom. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. The the, the streaming thing. Because I used to stream regularly, like on on YouTube, actually, uh, once a week. Yeah, I never really had a big audience. I don't know if I mentioned it much on the podcast, yeah. but I did it, you know, as part of content for Blast Process. Hashtag content. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just lately, you know, I haven't just been, I haven't been inclined to do it. 
you know, I, 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 maybe it's because I don't, I'm not into the streaming world myself, and it's like, well, why am I doing it? If, if you know, I, I find no value in in watching it, really. Yeah. So, so I sort of like, yeah, should I really be doing it anymore? But, but the biggest thing of it was, I just want to play games and not have to talk throughout. You know, well, I'm playing a video game. I just want to play the game because, as I said before, I don't play games very often uh, nowadays, especially. So um, when I do want to play them, I want to play them and sort of relax. Yeah. As opposed to it be some sort of event and some sort of pressure that, oh, you've got to make content. Yeah. Uh, Blast Process has never been a YouTube channel that's been, you know, uh, it's reasonably popular, but we've never been one to sort of consistently um create masses and masses of content we, we were consistent but not on the gonna, same level some of the you, you were definitely consistent i mean like there's yeah. a time and a place where you and bruno were putting out stuff like pretty much every week like, no well i do still yeah, no bruno not... is consistent i yeah. still edit bruno's videos every week and put them up and he's doing fantastic um and i think that's what most people come to the channel for now but in terms yeah. of video gaming stuff i just don't have the urge to make anything yeah, you I've, know. I've been there for a while. That's why I'm done. Yeah. The uh, last thing I did was uh, Gainug, the uh, horizontal shooter that's recently been uh, re-released on uh, modern platforms. It's yeah. a Mega Drive game. I don't know if you're very familiar yeah, with I that know. one. Um, because, you know, uh, the the publisher was kind enough to sort of give us a download code and said, will you, will you feature this? And I thought, oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why not? I like the game. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, I got a um, a platinum trophy on it. Ooh la la! Yeah, because all you have to do is not die, and because you've got a rewind rewind button, you, uh, you know that's clever. Yeah, so, that's so you just have to play platinum, through. Then is that... it is. You just basically you play through the game. Every so many points, you get a trophy. Every so, every level you complete, you get a trophy, and every um, load of points that you collect, you get another trophy. So if you don't happen to die, you never, you know, lose your points. So in one playthrough, you can get all the the trophies for the game. I might do that. That's sad. It's a great, no, it's a really fun game, you know, and I really like the the creatures, uh, the enemy designs are fantastic. And it's really affordable, you can get it for less than a fiver, so. Okay, that's a banging review then, I will get that. There you go, so I'm doing doing the job promoting the uh, Gainug. Or least... uh, Ginug, as I called it, were on yeah. the stream. I didn't know what, what, how to pronounce it. Somebody told me later on the YouTube comments, oh, it's called Gainug. I said, ah, right, not Ginug. 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 <laughs> My favourite Pokemon. Um, oh, okay. Have you been playing anything else then? other than? Well, let's Gainug. talk about that ga- game you, you suggested that I play. Yes. Um XO1, is it? XO1, yeah. I've heard very okay. good things about this. So this is on Game Pass. And I'd say it's less of a game, more of an office toy, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, I get you. I've viewed it compared to Flower, but I understand what you mean when you say office toy. You, there's a, you're, you're like a spacecraft, there's a landscape, you have to learn how to control the spaceship to gain momentum so you can sort of shoot off into the air yeah. and glide and such. But it becomes dull incredibly quickly. And I couldn't be bothered with it. Turned off after five minutes. Wow. I feared this as being mentioned for people's game of the year and you've disregarded it in five minutes. That's really interesting. <laughs> it's free. Well, was, you were just like, game nah. Um, I, I didn't really care. I didn't know wow. what I was doing. I was like, well, where am I going? What's the objective? There doesn't seem to be one. No, there isn't. It's an ambient oh. game. 
Um, so most of it was sort of learning how to pilot this ship and using the momentum and stuff. I did it for a while, but I thought, well, it's not telling me everything here, how to do it. It's, it's like kind of making me work it out for myself, how to control this thing. And you don't like and to I'm think, like, notoriously. No, no, I don't. <laughs> if it's, especially if it's a game like that. I like to sort of, you tell me what to do and I'll do it and I'll enjoy it. I shouldn't have to work out how to do it. Uh, so it tells you a couple of things about, you know, the, the gravity uh, and then uh, letting go with the gravity and firing yourself off into the air. I never managed to get very high. Uh, occasionally people's faces would pop up when I yeah. went into a cloudy area for a moment. And I was like, well, what's that about? Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, whatever. Then <laughs> I went and played uh, Forza 5 or something. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I've I've heard this game compared to like Flight of the Navigator meets Flower, and like I said, I've heard nothing but good things. I don't care, Matt. Wow. Okay, fair enough. Moving on then. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, it's only music. There might be. I can't remember. I I, I just sure. didn't want sort of an aimless sort of game. I think Flower at least makes you feel like you're progressing somewhat. I think the faces were meant to do that. Were they? I guess so. I don't know, Tom. I haven't played it. I haven't got Game Pass. I can't. Yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't grab me. It did. To say five minutes is a bit harsh. Perhaps ten minutes. Okay. So just in time, then, if you were playing this on Steam, that you could have got your refund. That's good. Have, have it a go. Have a go for ten minutes. See if you like it. See if you get a bit, bit to grips with it better than I did and actually get some enjoyment out of it, because I, I certainly didn't. Wow. Okay. Speak right then. Let's let's stay in the gaming convention corner. Um, I got a platinum trophy, Tom Parry, in Control. Um, wow. A game okay. that we had talked about on this podcast um, a couple of weeks back, and uh, yeah, I realised something while playing Control. I don't really like Control. Um, yeah, you got a platinum in control. And yeah, so. I got a platinum in control, and I'll tell you for why. Right, so I, I beat control, as I, I talked about on this podcast. I kind of wanted to persevere with it because I thought this David Lynchian universe that they'd created in the oldest house and all of these proper nouns they were throwing around was quite interesting. There is definite, like... It just it makes me laugh that Remedy just wants to make Twin Peaks, like evidently any game they make is just so steeped in bits of Twin Peaks that for example I bet they love Deadly Premonition over at oh, the I'm Remedy sh- Studio I'm sure they do I'm sure they do they were just like shit we missed the mark with Alan Wake this is this um, it there's even a bit where you go through a mirror and everything's backwards you know like that one scene in Twin Peaks it, it wears it wears his influences on its sleeve and therefore it's kind of interesting because of that stuff Hmm. Now then, the the thing I realised and why I got a platinum in Control was I was going through it. I beat the end boss. I was like, well, I I liked Alan Wake. I remember enjoying that game. I'm gonna play the DLCs before I delete this from the console to make space for Endwalker. And so I I went through it. I played. I beat the end boss. I was like, fucking, what is it with this game? Why? Why do I feel such a love for like the lore and the story and everything going on, but actually despise playing this game? I was like mm. actively at the point where I'd go into an area, don't want to blow my own horn, but I I felt like I was pretty good at the games at times, 
I would just like get murdered on a boss fight. Like especially that last boss at the end of the Alan Wake DLC is very, very punishing. I was like, I keep fucking dying here. Despite going through all of this game, despite getting all of the power-ups I could possibly get and whatever, I was like, why am I dying so quickly? This is ridiculous. I beat the end boss and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm done with this game. I'm If I turn this game off now, I'm never going to play it again. And there's like five achievements I haven't got. I may as well just play it for another hour, mop up these achievements, and then be done with this game. And I look then at like a trophy guide to see like, okay, how can I, where is this one collectible that I've missed? Where is this boss, like this object of power that I need to beat? Because I can't be asked to figure it out the fashion way. I just want to go there, do it and be done. And I looked on this trophy guide. The trophy guide was like, oh, actually, do you know that you can just like pop the difficulty down at any time? And there's accessibility options in this game to mm. make you invincible slash like every enemy dies with one hit. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to pop that on because fuck it, I don't care. I just want to do these last oh, bits to get the achievement. You do wonder if a game's got that, whether or not it's, it knows it's not. <laughs> right then, this is what I was going to say, Tom Parry. I it gave me like a big pop up and a big text box going like, "Oh, please note that like dif- the difficulty and control is considered with the gameplay." And, and I clicked mm. it, and I was like, "I don't fucking care." Instantly had more fun with the game, like just night and day, just running around, just you know shooting what? these soldiers yeah. in quick succession, going, "Yeah, I'm a god." I've been thinking a lot about this lately, you know, sort of like. I was thinking more of it in the fact brick walls in games. You, know, you can be enjoying a game, you can get really far, really enjoying it, then, then they'll suddenly throw something at you which is stupid and it'll make you want to stop playing the game. It happens yeah. far too often in video games. Yeah. And I had noticed that nowadays, yeah, that they will offer you this, oh, yeah, do you want to drop the difficulty? It happens yeah. in, um, what's that game? Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. It was a particularly difficult uh, fight I was doing and I just dropped it and I got past it and I was like, oh, great, yeah. wonderful. Uh, now I can enjoy the game a bit more. So the the difficulty is getting in the way of the enjoyment. Yeah. And yet, but the difficulty should feel it should feel fair. You should get to a point where a game where you feel good enough at it that you should be able to do that. Yeah. To me, it feels like it's a bit of bad design if suddenly you're playing the game, you you get up to something which is just so much more difficult than anything you've you've done to that point. Yeah. And and then. To me, that feels like bad design. Having to drop the um, difficulty down yeah. to actually get past it and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Hey, man, like, uh, this has been a bugbear of mine for games for a long time. I generally know I will start, when I start a new game, I will put it on the easiest difficulty. If I find that's too easy, I'll bump it up one. But, like, I want yeah. a challenge because I know at the Well, start... I always go on normal. I always want a bit of a challenge. But the problem is the challenge isn't getting progressively harder. It's getting suddenly harder. Then that's an issue there. Yeah, I, I feel that. But also just, like, I I don't know. I've, I've come to games to be relaxed, and I come to them for story mostly, as I've talked about many times in yeah. this podcast. Yeah. I read a Kotaku article absolutely years ago and it was just like, hey, I have a busy life. This is how I enjoy video games. And like that person was like, I put the game on the easiest difficulty. Like, I was like, oh, actually, yeah, fair. I'll do that then. That's fine. It's not that I'm bad at games. Like I can quite happily play like a Mega Man or a Shmup or a Bullet Hell game and like get thrill out of that. But like, if I'm going to play like a 30 hour game. This is the problem. It's the length of the games. Back then the games weren't that long. Yeah. And now they've been sort of 
stretch to the breaking point. Yeah. And you don't really want that level of challenge throughout a game that long. No, you don't, Tom Parry. Um, I I could make a transition into another video game I've been playing when we talk about Stretch to All Hell, but I'll save the conversation <laughs> about The Last of Us 2 for later. How we, oh, what have you been playing, Tom Parry? Yeah, so I, I'm going to continue talking a bit about One Piece because I played One Piece uh, Unlimited Cruise 1 on the Wii uh, yes. last week. And I don't know if you're very familiar with that game or you know what it involves, what the um, gameplay's like. No, I almost picked the second part up but then saw the first one was a bit of a pain in the bum to get at the time, so I have never okay. played them. So unfortunately, the first game is it's around, if you're going off eBay at least, uh, £25 mark, you're going to yeah. be paying for the... Uh, and, and I think the second game is a little bit cheaper. You can usually find yeah. it a little bit cheaper than the first. Uh, but I decided, considering I was... Yeah, you know, I've been very into One Piece lately, and uh, collect, you know, I've been collecting the games. Uh, I'd, I'd pick up um, Unlimited Cruise 1. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what the gameplay involves. It, it essentially is a lot of action. There's a lot of fighting. Yeah. You get to control every uh, member of the crew. Okay. Uh, it's The storyline feels very much like it's its own thing. It's like created for the game. It isn't really directly um, associated with any of the storylines yeah. in, in the um in the manga or anime. Um, and it involves uh, challenges. Uh, uh, Luffy meets um, this uh, creature. It's like a giant tree and uh, says, do these challenges around all these islands and you'll get something out of it. I can't remember what it was. And so it's very video game kind of set up. Uh, it gives Luffy this sort of new character who likes eating things. Right. <laughs> And this new character, he becomes like the key to unlocking the next part of the game. Uh, everything's gated. So there's like an area to explore where you fight enemies and then you'll get up to a gate. Yeah. And if you haven't collected enough collectibles by the time you get to that gate or specific collectibles, then you need to go back through that area and find the collectible to open the gate to get to the next set of enemies to attack yeah. and then there'll be a boss. And and that's how the gameplay progresses. For example, I'm at a point now where I can't get through this gate because I need to catch a bug, right? And I can't catch a bug until I fix the bug net that I've got. Okay. So I've got to find the missing piece to the bug net uh, in the areas I'm in before I can progress to the next area. Gotcha. And, and right now it's not particularly obvious where to go to fix the bug net, so I stop playing it. Uh, it's a kind of point where I think, well, I'm going to have to look it up online. There's no, I mean, <laughs> I tried yeah. for long enough to try and find out where I should be going to find it because the game doesn't really make it very clear. Um, so yeah, it's all about collecting stuff to open gates to progress. Yeah, and you okay. fight in between. Uh, How it is feels the combat? That, yeah, the combat's fine. Um, it does. Re it's very basic to begin with. You've got one attack, which is A. So you just press A over and over again to defeat the enemies. Yeah. And then event and uh, eventually you'll get, uh, you can press A twice and then you'll do a combo. Okay. So, oh, great. Okay. It takes a while for the characters to sort of get to that next stage. Well, not too long. Um, with Luffy, I'm up to a stage now where I've got another move where if I hold down A, I can pull enemies towards me. And then I've got another move where I can waggle the uh, Wiimote to yeah. do his flurry of punches. Okay. Um, a Gamma so Gatlin, to be Yes, it, it'll, yeah. it'll, be that, it'll be that, yes. Um, so, yes, it does open up, and it gets more enjoyable 
the more you actually play with the different characters. But you've got to sort of think, well, if I want to have a fun time playing with another character, then I've got to spend some time using that character okay. to you know, get its moves better. Um, graphics are really colourful. I mean, it's a good-looking Wii game. I, yeah. I mean, the Wii is now quite a dated console. But I think you know, it does a good job of presenting the One Piece world. It's bright, yeah. colourful, fun. Uh, characters have some good dialogue with each other. There's a, a main hub base of, of the ship. Uh, what's the name of uh, their ship? Uh, the going, it, Sunny. The, Is it called the Sunny? It's called the Sunny, yeah. I was going to say it's either yeah. the Going Merry or the Sunny, depending on Yeah, so they're on the Sunny at this yeah. point. Uh, and uh, that's like your base of operations. So you can go there and you can talk to people, save the game. So every time you want to save the game, you do have to go back to the ship. Yeah. Which is a bit of a pain sometimes because if you've now got up to the point where the game wants to autosave, because it only autosaves yeah. at specific points, and you want to stop playing it for a bit, yeah, you have to tr- backtrack all the way back to the ship, which yeah. can be a bit of a pain. So that pretty much sums up what you might expect from um, One Piece Unlimited Cruise. And I, I think the second game follows very much the same template, but I can't really yeah, comment on that. It might shake things up a bit. That's fair. I don't know. Okay. Does it sound like something you might want to play, Matt? I mean, it's a bit I, of a, if I a bit see laborious it, I'll pick at it times. <laughs> if, if I see it, I'll pick it up. I'm, I want like a good One Piece game. I saw also that, um, oh God, what's it called? Jump, Unlimited World Red? No. no, Jump, whatever it's called. The the Smash Brothers Jump Force, Jump Jump Force, Force. game is yes. on discount at the moment until they I picked it up. Off. Because I think we talked about it, didn't we? So yeah. I'd only pick it up if it was like a fiver, and it turned out it was a fiver, so I picked yeah. it up. I I want to I want to have a dabble with it. I've heard it's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, World Seeker's good from what I played of that. Uh, it feels a bit like a bit more open. It kind of feels like it's not Breath of the Wild, of course, but no. the the first area has that sort of feeling to it, sort of grassy. I'd love to play it, Tom, <laughs> but I can't because I'm like World Seeker. I'm like 50 episodes off being able to play that game because it's got spoilers and I don't want it. Oh, fair enough. Okay, so uh, Unlimited World Red, maybe. that that gave. Oh, a, I think I talked about it before. Yeah, Good first did. impression uh, of that one. I think it's sort of like the next step up from Unlimited Cruise, basically. Yeah. Uh, you have like a hub town in, uh, in what's Red. it called? Unlimited, Unlimited World Red. Red. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, um, so that that first of all makes it a little bit different than you're on. Obviously, you're on the island on the cruise one. So, yeah. okay, I'll draw a line under it now. One Piece. Uh, I one well, piece. I also played Grand Adventure, which is basically uh, Grand Battle, yeah. the the Western release of Grand Battle, which is technically Grand Battle Three in Japan. Yeah, you mentioned. Um, one Piece Grand Adventure is basically Grand Battle, but with sort of RPG esque elements to it. Okay, you're still fighting. But there's a map, and you move from one place to the other on the map, and you level up the characters and earn new like outfits for them and such. Okay, nice. So I, I think it's essentially the same thing. It's just they wanted a sequel, a Western sequel. Yeah. Um, so they never released in Japan. So this is why I think uh, Grand Adventure exists. And you can get that on um, sort of PAL, um, PAL games. So. Yeah, on the PS2, right? I've- yeah, on the yeah. PS2, it reuses the same artwork from Fighting for One Piece of uh, Luffy looking particularly uh, mean on the cover. Yes, it does. I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's good to know that that game's all right. I might pick that up. Yeah, no, that's again. all right. I mean, it's it, if you like Grand Battle, then you 
probably like Grand Adventure, but it may just be a little bit too familiar. Got, is that the that's the one with like the two point five D perspective, right? Like it's on a. It's like arena fighting. Yeah. You know, you pick up objects and throw them, and and, and, okay. and it's like Power Stone basically with One uh, Piece okay, characters. Good. Then yeah, yes, everyone looks a little super deformed. Well, yeah. when you're playing, yeah. Okay, I'll give that a look. That's my One Piece roundup of the week. Where are you in the manga, Tom? Have you read any more? No, I haven't. I've got the next three volumes now, though, but I haven't read them because I haven't been on a train. Oh, Tom Parry, like, <laughs> I, I say this in the nicest way possible. Stop playing One Piece games. Start reading One Piece. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. To be fair, I have actually been... Uh, I have been reading a little bit before bed, but I wanted to finish off the volume of Dragon Ball Super I was on. Ah, uh, okay. And and then uh, I had this uh, first volume of Death Note lying around, and I thought, well, I kind of felt like... Oh, it. it's dangerous, Tom, because this is what happens. Like, I'm about <laughs> halfway through um, Boku no Hero Academia, or My Hero Academia. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've got, like, set, I brought a lot of my manga back from the UK, so I've got, like, a load of guns with cats here got the first seven volumes of full metal alchemist i started reading jojo and i'm just like starting stuff and i'm like oh no because now i need to buy I this know, i should just finish bad. one thing and move on it's bad isn't it i should just be looking at one at a time but i, I have to say death note's pretty good i mean it's lacking in humor but it's uh it's pretty good i like like death <laughs> like notes the, to be fair yeah. death notes only like 10 volumes as well that's a good yes it's a relatively short one uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything about Death Note. If you're only just starting to read it, it's good. Um, it's good so far, yeah. I, I think it's quite clever. The story is is really quite quite cleverly uh, thought out, which I like. It is, but I again, much like uh, much like most video games, I think it's a bit it it draws out and it gets diminishing returns for that. But I shall not mention why. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I. I, I'll get off talking about manga because I've got loads of stuff. By the way, one slightly tangentially video related, video game related note because there is video games about it. JoJo, much better than I thought it would be. Really enjoyed it, even though it's an eighties kind of like oh big burly men and lots of cross hatching manga like Berserk is. I yeah. really enjoyed the first couple of volumes. I, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've read some of half of the first volume and seen the first episode of the anime yeah uh and i was immediately uh, pulled into that world I, I i really thought it was different and engrossing it is yeah. it is great i bought the first three volumes uh, while i was back in the uk um and yeah i i read them pretty much in two days like i i read one and a half of them one evening and the rest the next because i just really enjoyed it yeah, it's very good. It is quite funny that all of the names of everyone in those bangers is kind of related to rock stuff, though. It's, yeah, that's yeah, great, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't there like uh, Dio? Dio's in it. There's a, there's a Dio. I mean, his name's Jojo, which I'm assuming is a reference to Get Back. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Isn't there a Killer Queen or something? There, there's, or? A, there's a Killer Queen. There's a guy called yeah. like Mr. Zeppelin, like Zeppelin. And, yeah, yeah, that's fun. It's very fun. Anyway. Speaking of things that are fun, but perhaps outstay their welcome, I started playing The Last of Us 2. Yes, I was intrigued to hear about this. Yeah, um, so, long-term listeners of this podcast will know, I thought 
the Last of Us one was a very technically impressive game, but I thought it was very depressing storyline-wise. And so I was just like, mm, do I really want to play The Last of Us Part 2 after how shit I felt for like a month after playing The Last of Us 1? Wow, it really affected you like oh, that. Oh, man. A whole month. That game is <laughs> dire. Uh, I, I just, the only way, perhaps I was in the wrong mental place to play that game at the time, but I can't really think that I would have been like thinking back on when that came out. I just did not really enjoy playing that game. I thought it was a bit too grim and a bit too real, and perhaps the way the world has been in the last two years has tampered. Mm my heart a little bit in that I was able to play through The Last of Us Part 2 and actually quite enjoy the game. Right. Um, I will at some point say spoilers and I will get into my grievances with a video game that is a year old, but until then I'll talk in general terms. So don't worry, there will be no spoilers in this bit. I'll flag them when they come. Right. Um, you will have seen a lot of the the lead up to this game, Tom Powery. Obviously, like every three, Last of Us Part Two was very prominently featured. So, like you've probably seen. All when I think of it, I think of uh, what's the name playing the guitar? Uh, Ellie. Yeah, Ellie. There, there's I a thought lot, Ellie. There's a lot of Ellie and Joel playing guitar in this game. For our listeners who don't know my history with this game, all I've played is that uh, spin-off, uh, Left Behind. I think. Yes. Which I, I think was very good. I've never played, played. it. It was very, I, it was very good. I liked, I liked the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, and that, that to be fair, I mean, it's a Naughty Dog game, right? Like, while the game, the gameplay is solid, but it's nothing groundbreaking. There's no moments in this game that I think are like, oh my god, wow, they've done something really new and original here with how this gameplay works. You go around an area. Uh, it's mainly stealth based Uncharted. You. Mm. You end up stabbing a lot of people in the necks. You end up avoiding a lot of zombies. And all throughout, there's a very, very interesting story. I, I will say that. I really enjoyed the story up until a point, but I'll talk about that later. Technically, it's very impressive. I think how they spat a story in and out and you actually kind of like walking slowly with the story and whatever it doesn't really go, oh my God, this is the next gen thing. But honestly, like... I'm playing it a PS4 version. There isn't an enhanced PS5 one yet. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, but they did some things to it, didn't they? To the PS, playing it on PS5, you get some um, frame rate improvements, don't you? You do, yeah, but like nothing yeah. that drastically affects the visuals, like God of War or Horizon or any of these other games. It got like proper content updates, like Ghost right. of Tsushima. It's very visually impressive, even for a PS4 game. And like, I don't think I've seen anything on the PS5 yet that looks better. If I'm totally honest, like, I think mm. playing it, it's got a consistent frame rate, as you say, on the PS5. I think a lot of what it does is great. I heard that it wasn't very good on a launch PS4, so I'm half of me before I take it back to the library is kind of curious to see what it would play like on my PS4 and if it I would. You'll notice it more. I found this because I was playing uh, Black Ops 4 on the uh, PS5 exclusively. And because the PS5 seems to have some issues playing that game online, I don't know why. I have stutters. It won't run properly. Uh, I decided to play it on PS4. And gee, a real downgrade. You really notice uh, how the visuals aren't sharp and how there's there's less detail and... uh, yeah, it's not as smooth and uh, I, yeah. There's there's some 
there's some quite long loading times in The Last of Us Part 2 even on the PS5 that I imagine oh, right. would be exacerbated on the PS4 mm. especially my launch one I imagine it wouldn't be too bad on the Pro um, yeah okay right I'm going to get into spoiler territory because I think that is where the more interesting things to talk about are with this game so spoilers from here on out I'll perhaps talk about this for 10 minutes I think and then we can move on to something else because I like The Last of Us 2 a lot actually like on reflection I'm not too fussed on the ending but that I won't at least ruin in this bit I'll just talk more vaguely so you, you play the first half of the game as Ellie and as I'm sure you've probably surmised Tom Parry from looking at the trailers and everything else and you know the fact that you are playing as Ellie and not Joel as in the first game uh, essentially within the opening hour or so of the game Joel is killed um, and he, he is he is killed by uh, a group of people who he essentially he saves one of them a girl called Abby who you kind of play as intermittently between uh, Ellie and Ali Abby sorry um, and she murders him and like for some reason she decide her and her friends decide to keep Ellie alive and his brother Tommy they don't kill them they just kill Joel in a horrible horrible fashion they literally just beat him to death with a golf club it's very graphic and i was just like mm, oh do I need to I, I, yeah i don't like that kind of thing no there's a scene in casino which uh i always think of when i think of violence in movies and yeah. how i just found that really unpleasant they don't right don't get me wrong they show him obviously like beaten but they they do the very clever thing of you know like the blow that kills him they don't really show you they they extrapolate hmm. to something else and just let you hear the thunk and then let your brain do the the work. It's it, it's very effective storytelling. Okay. Throughout. Sometimes it, those scenes that they affect me if they go on too long. Yes. It's like prolonged discomfort I'm yeah. not a fan of. I don't mind violence in films, but if it's no. prolonged and uncomfortable, then I have an issue. There, there is a moment in that game... Right, okay, let me explain the setup before I get into the violence mm. so after that Ellie's like right I'm gonna fucking hunt these people down and kill them they kill Joel even though she has been on weird terms with him and you're like oh does she know that she could have been a cure yes it is later revealed that she did know that she found oh I, re- I remember us having it with the oh, podcast episode on this God. didn't we like yeah that's why the first <laughs> one's so grim but she she figures out that she could have saved humanity but joel killed everyone and so she couldn't you go through this game you essentially ends up being like you going to seattle where these people came from and you working through the course of three days in seattle kind of finding the people who were with this abby girl in the hunt for her and killing her at the end of the second day you find someone in a hospital called nora and you kill her and it like it is essentially applied that ellie makes her talk it doesn't show that it doesn't show the torture that clearly went on there to make her talk but it is clearly implied in the character as an emotional reaction to that of like oh my god i made this person talk and i'm like yeah but i've spent like the last 12 hours of this video game walking around and stabbing people in the neck like <laughs> doesn't the emotional resonance of this scene is perhaps a little bit lost on me since i've seen you garrot at least 100 people up <laughs> and then you you go along um you essentially at the end of the third day you've killed everyone else and you're like okay we're not gonna find her but this is good enough for me 
my who Ellie's girlfriend is pregnant and so they say okay we're going to go back to Jackson which is the town that they're all living in for the betterment of her I guess this woman gets to live and um, she turns up points a gun at Tommy who is Joel's brother and is like right and then what happens is you go back to the start of day one in Seattle but you play from Abby's perspective so this person who they've like made like oh my god she killed Joel what a monster you see her perspective. You understand why she did the thing she did. It's essentially the surgeon that you shoot in The Last of Us 1, the guy who could have turned Abby into a... Um, Ellie into a cure. God, why do they make their names so similar? The the guy who could have like performed brain surgery on Ellie to remove this thing from her brain that would have provided a vaccine against the infection, essentially. She, she is his daughter, this scientist and so Hmm. that's why she killed Joel is because she had this personal vendetta because he killed her father and then obviously Ellie is then doing the same and is kind of trying to talk about like all the cycles of vengeance and everything else you play through the story I you get to like Abby but I mean honestly like I'm a human being and so I was just like oh well okay I'm killing these people but like I don't really feel good about it because they don't seem like bad people even though obviously they killed Joel, which is why Ellie's after them. And there's a scene where you kill a dog as part of like Ellie's storyline. And I was like, man, do you have to fucking kill the dog like in this really? What would the dog way? do? Was the dog a, a the dog, dog attacking? The dog Ellie? attacks you and like she stabs the dog. And I was like, oh poor fucking dog. Like, I get it, but still, like, why do people have Please. to keep doing this in video games? Like making me murder hmm. animals. You go then, and it's like, oh, the dog has a name, and you play fetch with the dog. Oh, like, no, no, that's why it's worse. Yeah, but I was like, I mean, I guess there is a person who's playing this game who's like, I didn't think that these people have lives. Oh, no. Like, oh, the dog has a name. The dog just wants to be loved. And I'm like, yeah, no, I felt bad anyway. Like, this actually is having less of an effect on me because I was already like, oh, man, that fucking sucks. Oh, right, okay. Why did we do this? So you play through as her. I got to be honest, I didn't like Abby that much as a character. She's quite snarky mm. in a way that just kind of just doesn't rub with me anymore as a 30-something. But like, in all in all, like I think her arc is fine as a character. I think her realising that there is more to life than vengeance and all of this other stuff mm-hmm. is, is a good emotional arc to go on. Get to the end. Um, essentially, you then confront Ellie from your perspective as Abby mm-hmm. in that like standoff moment and essentially what ends up happening is you break her you break her arm and she essentially says look if you come fucking near me again I'm gonna kill you but I'm gonna let you live you go away and then it cuts to Ellie being on a farm and like they're raising this kid that her girlfriend had and everything else and she's like no I can't let it go I gotta go do it and I was like man Neil Druckmann really liked playing Red Dead. There's literally a fucking sequence on a farm where the game does a pivot again. And so you you go out, and honestly, into what feels like a very unnecessary chapter for that game's conclusion. And it kind of soured it a little bit for me. Mm. In that you you as Ellie are kind of going through the motions and like mowing down zombies and whatever in this confined chapter, trying to find Abby who has subsequently been captured and taken to a farm, essentially like forced to work slave labour in this farm. 
Mm. And by the time, Bleak. yeah, by the time you find her, she's almost been crucified. She's kind of on a Oof. like a, a Gee, pole. Matt. I know. Tell me about it. She's on like a, a pole <laughs> in this farmland, like not with nails in her hands, but like tied behind her head. And essentially, you cut her down, and like Ali helps save her and this boy that Abby has been looking after. And rather than just letting them go in the boat. Ali's like, no, I can't. Da, 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 da. And you have this fight with this woman who Abby like is a stocky, like military grunt brat throughout the entire game. And like she is clearly deteriorated because she's clearly been on this pole for whatever and she's very skinny mm. and very frail. And you're fighting with her armed with a knife. And essentially what ends up happening is she just goes, go. Like, just leave. Like, Ellie kind of comes to terms with it as she's strangling her, like, actually, no, I shouldn't live by revenge either. Oh. And I was just like, well, you could have had this emotional moment earlier, and, like, it mm. ended on the farm with the, oh, should I should I have done, did I do the right thing by not killing her, da 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 And I think that would have been more impactful, which is a shame. Yeah. So it's been stretched out a little bit too. The game much, is like twenty four hours long, Tom. Yeah. It's literally a day long. I don't think it needed to be that long. I don't think that honestly, I don't think the combat in the game sustains the game very well. I think it kind of it feels like you know, obviously, like Uncharted and everything else, like these mechanics of going through areas and shooting people down or assassinating them in this case is... feels like very tried and true gameplay. It is solid. I cannot fault it. I think even playing it, I played it on normal in the end because I was like, okay, this is way too easy on easy. Hmm. I felt the stealth work the way I've kind of always wanted stealth to work in a video game. Like, usually when I play stealth games i'm crap at them because i immediately get seen but i felt this game was quite fair in how it approached that yeah but it, it it just it got to a point where i was playing as abby on like the third day of seattle i'm like this isn't fun anymore like this <laughs> like i wish there was something different about this and you giving me a flamethrower now doesn't really mix up the gameplay in a way i would like right and yeah i I can I can truly say like I can see why it won a lot of Game of the Year awards. I think it is very good storytelling. I think they're making a TV series of it for a reason because it's clear like mm. the storytelling is the main chops of this game. Yeah, I think in terms of gameplay that it it's totally fine. Like it yeah. it's not going to blow your mind, but it is completely solid. Um, there is a really interesting thing that I noticed the game does where it kind of makes big envi it makes environments that feel big but are actually quite small for you to explore and uh -huh. find all the power-ups and all this usual crap that you do in these games but then there's also bits where you can clearly tell that it was like okay this this area is clearly meant as a corridor because it doesn't have all the love and care that these are the bigger environments yeah have. okay and it's like well i guess this is the future we're headed towards when we're playing big triple a games like this is that it it's clearly so resource intensive to make sure that all of the guards look different and all of, you know, the posters yeah. and everything in these places feels unique to these different rooms and everything else that, I don't know, I think 
we're kind of losing something of like the fidelity of like an area and how you can tr- truly feel like a world has been lived in mm. when you have to do it at such a high fidelity, which is going to be really, really interesting to see, especially with Breath of the Wild 2, I think, because I think Zelda manages to copy-paste a lot but make you feel like you're in a lived-in world. Like, there's no doubt in yeah. my mind that how you rule in that game is a real place or feels like yeah. a real place where people live. And I definitely get that from The Last of Us. Hmm. But I'm curious to see how that goes going forward. Because, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, I think, also does a lot of copy-paste. Like, I, I murdered a lot of the same Mongols in that game. Oh, yeah, with enemies, that's always been a bit of a thing, isn't it, in video games? But I think that those bespoke places they made, they were able to do it a lot, I guess, with just tech, with, like, wilderness and everything else. It didn't feel Mm. as curated as The Last of Us 2. It felt like an organic place. And I'm Mm. curious to see whether that's the route we go down where you make these big, sprawling open worlds where you're riding through it so fast you don't notice these things. What about Red Dead? Where Where would that fit in with this? Red Dead's kind of somewhere in the middle, I think. Hmm. But I don't think Red Dead is as successful at creating a truly lived-in world as some of these other games. I don't know. I think that's hmm. just down to, like, Rockstar Jank. i tell you what's uh, a nice lived-in world. Shenmue. Oh, have you been playing more Shenmue, Tom Paris? No, no, no. I wasn't segueing oh, you're just, you're gonna, you're just I was just throw thinking it in. as you were yeah. saying that. Like, when I'm thinking about a sort of lived-in, sort of realistic sort of world, I, I think back to Shenmue. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, I think there's there's lineage here from Shenmue to The Last of Us. I think, hmm. you know, that level of detail and that level of care that every shop is run by a certain person and hmm. has certain things going for it aesthetically is definitely prevalent in The Last of Us too. Like, it, it's very clear... Hmm. That, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I guess that's more common now in games. I think at the time when Shenmue came out, that was quite for for a console game. I, I guess PC adventure games and uh, such. A... Yeah. Well, RPGs. I mean, that's always been a thing, isn't it? Been a fully realized three D world. I guess. I mean, even Final Fantasy VII had pre rendered backgrounds, didn't it? So... Yeah, it did, but like not not to this level. You know what I mean? Like not to mm. this absolutely crazy. Hey, every single coffee shop, even though it's a chained coffee shop, has different posters in it because it's okay, in a different sure, area sure, of the city. Sure, therefore, different bands sure. are playing, and you know what I mean. Oh, right, I, like, get, I get, I get you, I get you. Yeah, that's a bit different. Mm, it very is. Nice. It's okay, very, it's very cool to see. I honestly, so, Tom Parry, if you see it cheap, I think it's only like I have it. Fo- oh, do you have it? Last of Us Part, part two. two. Yeah, I go for ten quid. Yeah. Oh, nice. Honestly. Yeah. Like, as much as I am depressed by the first game, perhaps, like I said, I was not in a good place then. I would say, perhaps look at a, like, YouTube summary of the first one if you don't want to play it, because I can't imagine it aged very well. I thought the gameplay was pretty boring even then. 
I played the beginning of it. I, I've said before the only one I play with that add-on, yeah. whatever that expansion or whatever it's called, yeah. Left Behind. But I had played the very beginning of Last of Us 1 on the PS3, Yeah, actually. I yeah. Know they, Which you played it on PS3, I didn't you? I played it on PS3 when it came out, yeah. yeah. I know they did that remaster on the PS4, which has apparently I got think some it's, quality of life improvements. Yeah, I think that's part of the PlayStation Plus thing on PS5, isn't oh, it? Oh, it is. I could be, I could be wrong. I th- no, I, right? I think you're right. No. I think you're right. Um, so if you have a PS5 and PlayStation Plus, then you should be able to download Last of Us Remastered, yeah? I think so, yeah. Hmm. I would say, Tom, honestly, like maybe watch like a quick YouTube recap of the story of The Last of Us 1, because yeah. I don't think you need to know all the beats to play Last of Us 2, but you need to kind of understand the main premise. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that, yeah. So you should, I should give that a go. I think you should play it. I think you would... And we can talk it about a it a lot, yeah. I, and then, yeah, we could almost have like a gaming book club. But yeah. as you can Wonderful. tell, okay. like as my enthusiasm levels lifted, I I think The Last of Us Two is a pretty damn good game. Right, but I mean, mostly from a storytelling perspective. You said the gameplay gets a bit yeah, and that monotonous. Yeah, but I, I, not to the level of control. Don't get me wrong. Okay, like, I think this is doing. I think this is treading new ground. I don't think it's trying to you know, parody or pastiche any other things. I think the world of The Last of Us 2 is clearly unique within itself, and I think it does a lot. Okay. And has a lot to say, which is, you know, rare in this day and age. But then again, that's, mm. I guess, why it took, like, like what, like, eight years to make it, or whatever it was. No, yeah, yeah, I, I haven't really played a, an adventure game like that for quite some time, but I'd say, if, if the story in a game like that is that good, then that will keep me playing, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe I will just have to give it a go. Um, I've been playing a bit of Halo Infinite online. Oh, God, I'm so jealous. I almost I almost bought a Series S when I heard how good Halo Infinite was. Yeah, well, it it's good. I, I didn't find that I was doing very well compared to how well I was doing online on Halo 5 because... Yeah. Up until I started playing Halo Five online, I was playing Call of Duty a lot, and I, I really, you know, wasn't doing that well, and I didn't no. really like how Call of Duty played, and, and much more preferred how Halo played. You got the armor, and this, you know, you don't, it, you take longer to die basically, uh, in Halo. Um, so I went into Halo Infinite online quite excited, to be honest, um, and yeah, it's very fast, you know. It feels faster maybe than Halo Five. In fact, to me, it felt like more like Call of Duty, which yeah, then I started I to think, that. oh, oh, I'm not sure if I think I preferred Halo Five multiplayer. Um, it doesn't, you know, it, it's still Halo. You know, this isn't sort of change into Call of Duty, but it feels more like Call of Duty than Five. And I didn't do very well on it. I, I guess I need to play it more, but. Yeah, it's interesting to see that comparison. I was playing really well on Halo 5, just started playing it. Yeah. And then this, I'm doing really crap. And I can't say why that is exactly. It, Perhaps I just need to play it more. But. I think I think you do. I think that it is clearly more in line with the more modern military shooter than Halo's past. Well, I think runs on like pushing a stick. Whereas also yeah. Halo, well, it isn't run like... Uh, you can't run, can you? Sometimes no. depends if you got the depends. power up to yeah. let you run. Depends on the game. Yeah, and then um, punch is now pushing the stick as opposed to press a button. Yeah, which... you can switch that back though. You have there is oh. classic Halo controls. But... Okay, yeah, that that was felt a bit different, and everyone was jumping all the time, which pissed me off. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
what what are you gonna do, man? Like they need to introduce like mobility into these games. They've been very static for a while, but also like I jump a lot in Halo because that's how you avoid getting sniped. Yeah, but it, it irritates me that that <laughs> people are jumping around all the time. What happens in Halo is people jump around at you for a while, they shoot you a bit, and then they punch you in the face, and that's Halo. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that's, it? That's Isn't how... it? They shoot yeah, but... you a bit, then they punch you in the face. Yeah, but this is the thing, Tom. That's how they survive. That's how you die because you're not jumping around enough. Um, I'm not jumping around and punching because people seem to just finish you off by punching you. That yeah. seems to be the best way. Yeah, of doing it deals it. a lot of damage. But I mean, like yeah. the the downside to that is if you get up close on someone with any weapon, like the Magnum mm. with the carbine, like if you're that close mm. enough to them to punch them, if you haven't got a shield, they're just going to shoot you and you die. Mm. Like that's the trade-off. I think, at least in the old Halos, yeah. they were very balanced. The thing is, I would just like to play Slayer. However, there's no option just to play Slayer. You have to play a playlist. It's true that most of those slots on the playlist are taken by Slayer, but there's also, you know, Hold an Area, Capture the Flag, yeah. all those. And I'm not so much into them. And that last time I played it, I didn't get any Slayer. And uh, two games, three games, and I was like, well, I don't want to play it anymore because I just want to play Slayer. Uh, you can play Slayer with friends. If you've got friends who play it, of course, yeah. you can just play you can choose to play Slayer, but if you're just on your own, you have to play on this playlist and there's a good chance you're not going to get Slayer. Yeah. Wow. So I don't like that. I don't like why I'm restricted. Why can't I just choose what game mode I want to play? Because it's free? Is it because Halo Infinite's free? Is that why? I don't know. I mean, I guess so. I mean, I think they've also just only released it, right? So I assume that... They... Yeah it will expand as the game goes on. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It will change. One thing I will tell you, though, um, don't uh, use Quick Resume with it. No? On the Xbox, because you'll never find a multiplayer game. I was doing this for days. You know, Every time I went on it, it Quick Resume the yeah. game. And I was, I was in the lobby, and I went on to try and find a game. It says, can't find any matches. Can't find any matches. Right? I, I closed the game, restarted it, and it was working fine. So the fact that it quick resumes is at the game's detriment because you'll never find an online game if you've, wow. if you're booting up from a quick resume. You have to boot it up again to that, get. That's not. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah, I had to do this test because I thought, am I going mad? I'd read that the um, servers were only like active at certain times of the day. So at first, I thought it was that, yeah. you know, um, which also I found very puzzling why why that should be, um, but. No, it turned out it was the quick resume thing that was messing with the um, with the game and the ability to actually find players to play with online. That sucks. I mean, you know, as it's a loaded thing of the Xbox to be able to do quick yeah. resume, oh well, that's how it goes. Yeah, I don't know why people haven't talked more about that or maybe I've missed that. Also, there's no quick resume on Forza Horizon 5, which is a bit of a pain. Yeah. You'd think that would have it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more difficult to implement than people thought. I think that's why it was... worked in Forza Horizon Four. Yeah, not in five. <laughs> yeah. Not in five. That's a shame, Tom Parry. Oh well, it is a shame. Uh, sorry, I feel I've been quite negative on this. You, uh, you have. I'm, this podcast will be called Commodians Corner for a, a very. Good I was going to say I, I, I'm sick of Mario Kart Eight, and they need to shake it up with the sequel. But I'm not going to go into that. I think I've said that far too often. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I felt that way since Mario Kart, like Double Dash. <laughs> Ever, ever since Double Dash has all been well, I thought Double Dash uh, shook up a little bit didn't it I it liked Double Dash that's what somewhat. I'm saying that was, the, that was the pinnacle of Mario Kart in my eyes everything <laughs> after that I'm just well, like ugh I, I kind of agree with you there uh, I played Minecraft Sonic I didn't really like that no 
for one, I don't play Minecraft, so okay. and then I went into this Sonic expansion, and I was like, oh, well, you can just run through like a level, but it seems like you can only run through it in first person. Well, yes, which it's is Minecraft, like, Tom. Yeah, but then it was like, oh, this is horrible. Something doesn't work in first person. I would imagine going around a loop in first person is probably terrible. It felt awkward. Yeah, it did. Say. However, I will say they put a lot of time and effort into the look of it. You know, in terms of getting the atmosphere, the music, the graphics, um, replicating Sonic in the Minecraft graphics, a fantastic job. Well done. But actually playing it, um, someone who's not into Minecraft, yeah. <laughs> then it's not it's not worth it. Don't bother if you're a Sonic fan and you're curious for that six pounds it would cost you to try Sonic wow. uh, Minecraft. I mean, to be fair, does everything just look like Green Hill Zone? Because I imagine that'd be very easy to do in Minecraft. Well, yes. Uh, what I played, I know there's different levels, okay. but only the one that was open to me was Green Hill. But you do start off in a sort in Tails' workshop, and then then you can jump through these rings to go to the different levels. To I don't. Climb. I don't know how I feel about like Minecraft themed expansions, but it's not my game. So there no, you go. no, no. Uh, I will say though, um, it's worth playing Sonic Generations again with its 60 uh, FPS mode that's okay. now been added to it. Uh, also, it's had some uh, resolution boost as well on the Xbox consoles, and yeah, it just um, further cemented it. For cemented it, yes. is that a word? Cemented it, yeah. That's it fine. cemented it in my um, in my uh, rankings of the best three D Sonic game. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to get that list up <laughs> one day again and read. That, that's a terrible way of explaining it, but uh, no, it's really good. I think Sonic Generation, Sonic Generation has always been really good, uh, but yeah, this is like it is the best one because it takes everything from the Sonic Adventure games that were good, you know, some of the particular levels from those games, and it's got the levels from the old games. You can play it two D or three D, and both the two D and the three D um, versions of the game work perfectly very yeah. well it's all very well designed it's fantastic you got those challenges you can do as well in 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 the sections of the game um i think it's a thoroughly excellent game yeah in in every way so um great to be playing that again fair enough like but, hey man sometimes <laughs> you just like what you like right and you're like okay, yeah, yeah you do it. yeah this is it isn't it you're noticing that um but with uh, Game Pass coming soon, you've got Alien Fire Team. I'll be interested to try that out. Yeah. Fire Team Elite, is it called? And uh, also One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 is coming to uh, Game Pass. So Interesting. I'll see what that's like, but I imagine it's, you know, just the same old gameplay from all those other. What what do you call that genre? Uh, it's just Shonen games, isn't it? Like, I think... no, I'm no, I'm thinking more that um, uh, Dynasty Warriors. Oh yes, Muso games. Muso, yeah. is it Muso? Right, okay, yeah. It, I've heard that the Pirate Warriors series shaves away all that sort of uniqueness from the first Pirate Warriors game, yeah. um, and just becomes your your general sort of uh, Musho, Musho, Mushu, Musho. I think. Musho. Now you, okay. now you got me questioning it. I hope I'm saying. Oh, that. I don't know anyway. But I'll try it because it's free. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, the yeah. last, the last thing I've played, I'll kind of talk about it briefly, but I won't get too much into it. Is Tom Barry? There's a new Final Fantasy XIV online expansion called Endwalker, and it's out, and I've been playing it. Well, you were you were playing that right before the podcast. I was. <laughs> um, you know why I was so eager to be like, oh, can we hold off half an hour, please? Is because. Um, why didn't you just skip the cutscene, Matt? Well, because that's the whole point of playing the game, Tom Barry. <laughs> uh, but the, the the issue is. I thought it's the gameplay. <laughs> 
No, the issue is um, there are currently 25 million concurrent subscribers for Final Fantasy XIV. Um, oh, I heard it. It's become incredibly popular. It has. Especially recently. Um, because it's a very good game. But the issue with that is server loads are absolutely manic at the moment. And I've I've played WoW games, like WoW expansions that launch, and never have I had to wait two and a half hours to play a video game. Um that is wow. that is the level. You're dedication if you're waiting. Well, I mean, I just I just went about and made, you know, I made my dinner and I read a book and then I kept an eye on it and was like, oh great, cool, I can log on now. But the queue sizes. But you're paying for this, aren't you? You are paying for it, Tom Parry. This queue sizes. Honestly, I was in one yesterday. There was eight thousand people in before me to log into this game. And bearing in mind, like. Japan has its own servers, the US has its own servers, Europe has its own servers. Like, this is just this one server. There were 8,000 people in front of me, like, that had to log mm. out before I could log in. And honestly, it's meant that I've been getting up slightly early um, these last two days to play a bit in the morning to then go, right, when yeah. I log off, I won't play it again today because I'm not going to sit in queue for two and a half hours. No, you'll find the best point in the day to play it where it's not as busy. Yeah, and, uh, you know, being an hour ahead of the UK helps. But let's see how it is. Hopefully after this weekend, it people will cool off a little bit. I doubt it, but... I'm on, I'm is this because the new the new expansions out? It's because there's a new expansion out. There's new classes. Um, you can finally be a male version of the bunny race that I've forgotten the name of. Um, mm. There's a there's a lot going on, Tom. And this is you know ultimately the accumulation of ten years worth of story with this expansion. That's not to say there won't be yeah. patches and later releases after this where they do raids and all this kind of stuff. But for mm. now, we're like getting through the main story of this game and getting to level 90 which is now the new cap is what a lot yeah. of people are doing um but yeah the the cutscene i hit before i joined this podcast i had to actually exit it because the cutscene itself was like 25 minutes long it was like 25 minutes of story and then there was a what's called a duty which is like a a kind of a, a quest that you interact with that has like set parameters for succeeding or failing that had a 25 minute time limit on it and i was like okay oh actually. sorry man no it's fine i was just like i need i just need to die <laughs> like i can just go back i can skip the cutscene next time and just play this bit oh i see yeah, but i, I see. was just like oh no because you you get like these little warnings right sometimes in Final Fantasy fourteen where it says like oh there's you're about to enter a cutscene it's going to take some time and that's usually like ten minutes <laughs> I didn't mm, I didn't this expect one, it to expect me to put an hour aside so yeah yeah I'll play that in the morning I guess um, okay because but you're still very much enjoying that experience playing I, that game I like the story a lot I like yeah. playing that game it's good it's you're invested in it, I guess, at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, this is the yeah. thing, right? Like, I I got to level eighty, though not as not as invested as like my friends who play this game. Who hmm. I got to the end of the storyline, I was like, oh, this is really interesting, cool. I can't wait to see where the story goes. So I was like, what's there to do now other than raid for gear? Because I've played WoW. Like, I I understand hmm. that loop of just like, okay, you play for gear, you get the best gear. I was like, hmm. is there anything other? Than that, and they're like, "Oh well, you could level another character." And I'm like, "Oh, where do you want to level another character? Like, what 
like other than just doing raids constantly is there anything i should be doing they're like oh well the end game of final fantasy 14 is glam i.e you are either earning money to get really cool swords that then you can right i should take a step back in final fantasy 14 all of your gear obviously looks cool or whatever like how it looks <laughs> like the end game stuff ends up looking particularly nice as an incentive to make you get to the end so you can get this really cool looking like dragoon armor or whatever hmm. but sometimes people are like well yeah that's all well and good that i'd look like a badass dragoon but i actually kind of want to look like squall leonhardt from final fantasy 8 and this is where Tom Parry, there's a system within Final Fantasy XIV that they then nicked for WoW at some point, but wasn't there when I started, called Glamour. And what that means is essentially you can take like a sword or a helmet or whatever you want and you can buy some items to turn it into a thing oh. called Glamour that then, you know, whatever armour you're wearing will look like Squall's jacket. Do you know, but you still have those uh, attributes from the... you still have the... all the stats of, like, the, the main yeah. armour. I know this, Matt. Yeah? I've experienced this in uh, Diablo 3. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yes, it's also present in that game. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you can, you can do that. And, like, that's the main yeah. point of the game at the end. It's like, right, okay, we're going to do all of these ridiculous quests to get mounts and we're going to get a, my mate spent a lot of money he's probably listening actually because he's also played The Last of Us 2 so he's probably uh-huh. Aaron. Um, he spent a ridiculous amount of in-game currency to get a really cool glowy sword and I was like that's a really cool sword but I, mm. I don't want to spend that much time <laughs> getting the really cool no. sword <laughs> it's their own fair enough you play the game how you want to play the yeah, game yeah exactly so I, I don't know I'll blaze through the story I think and then I, I'm very tempted. There's two new classes in this expansion called uh, Reaper, which naturally is a DPS class with a scythe. And then there's one called Sage, where it's a healer, which I don't usually play in these types of games. Mm-hmm. But you've got really cool, like, floaty, gundammy bits that shoot lasers. And I was like, okay, they're getting a bit out there with their classes now, but this is really cool. I wouldn't mind playing that because I bet the end game armor looks sick. And there, Tom mm. Parry, that, in that grasp of, ooh, scythes are cool, ooh, Gundam lasers are cool, mm. that's probably how I'll get into this glam game, and you'll probably hear me talking on podcasts in the future about, like, yeah, I spent 12 hours grinding for a sword, but this it was This is the sort it. of thing you should post on our Twitter. I want to see what your character looks like, and so um, that would be fun. I, yeah, I, I'll post a picture of my character. He's not. That'd be most, great. He's not the most eloquent-looking gentleman, because I'm playing samurai in this game, and... The unfortunate thing about Samurai is it shares gear with the monk class for some reason. And so sometimes, like my my endgame costume in Shadowbringers, the last expansion, made me look like the Rancor Keeper from Star Wars was into (laughs) S&M. Like I look, I had a naked body and like a necklace, but also a blindfold, and I was just like, "Oh, this looks oh. really crap. I should probably get some glam to get rid of this." But you just want it. some armor, don't you? That's the thing. I just it? want to look like a samurai. I'm playing as well. Yeah. Oh God, I sound yeah. like a weeb. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's but I'm enjoying it. It's good. I despite the server lords, I'm hoping Square Enix has been talking about increasing the servers because they're aware of the issue. So let's see what happens in the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, the, the money must be coming in, so I hope they can do something about that. Hey, man, £10, ten pound a month, like plus the the 30-odd quid that I paid for the expansion, like times 25 mm. million, Tom Parry. It's a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, they're raking it in. Yeah. 
Well, they must be very happy about that because I know it's not always been the most popular, has it? Final Fantasy Online well, games. I mean, eleven was quite big, and I mean, fourteen mm. launched to replace eleven. They sunsetted eleven to launch fourteen, and everyone hated it. And then, if you remember, they famously took like a year off to like rework that entire game. Mm. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of when I thought of the popularity of them. But like they did that, and I think that got them a load of respect. The producer of the game, um, Yoshi P, as he is called, um, is very admired by the fan community. He's kind of said, "Well, this game's at least going to run for another five years. Like even after this, there'll be more. We'll keep making it as long as you keep playing it, kind of thing." So ah, yeah. But it. eventually, they'll they'll make a new one and they'll slot that into the numerical. Um, chronological order yeah i assume so let's see i i think it was a i was reading a very interesting article with him that kind of said was talking about um these games as a service games and how i I, he was kind of taking a pop of crystal dynamics was what i was reading between the lines about like people who make console games don't really understand games as a service because they've not come from the pc world where that's a given Um, right yeah but he was he was saying in that like like people make this game, I'm super happy. People are passionate about it. Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, and that's what's different, isn't it? Now, yeah, games as a service is more of a thing now. Therefore, Final Fantasy fourteen will last longer than Final Fantasy eleven did because yeah. of how the industry has changed. Absolutely. I mean, like if you think back to the way MMOs were just popping up left, right, and center in the wake of World of Warcraft becoming a thing, you know, you had Age of Conan, you had like a universe, you had. God, Star Wars? Any, yes, that was galaxies. Like millions of people were trying to make an MMO. And I think it meant that MMOs progressed so fast that they became dated very quickly, which is why I felt, think they felt the need to go, right, okay, we need to scrap 11, we need to move 14 to be more in line with what Western players expected from World of Warcraft. Because mm. 11, honestly, like I enjoyed playing that game at the time, but it was a tedious tedious experience for the most part okay anyways i'm i'll play more i'll talk about it briefly but you know like other games that i currently have on the back burner i won't spend a lot of time talking about it unless i'm like oh my god you need to play reaper tom it's so fun go play go spend 70 hours getting to level 70 so you can play oh i don't know if that'll ever happen matthew i don't blame you i shouldn't have done it but there we go Right, yeah, that's pretty much been everything I've got on my list uh, this week. Uh, I can't think there's been anything else going on. Particularly, although I, I'm still playing Fallout 76, you know, online yeah. with, with friends and uh, enjoying that very much. I enjoy that more than something like Destiny 2, which I started playing again recently. But yeah, I still keep coming back to Fallout. I like the atmosphere and the world and the depth uh, in that game. Fair enough. Because Destiny is just shooting stuff, which is really good. Yeah. You know, it's it plays very well, but it is... Repetitive. Shooting stuff and getting yeah. more armor, yeah. you know. Is it? It's like... <laughs> yeah. But there you go. That that's me. That's... Have you got anything more this week? No, Dad? it's also me. Um, I'm still playing Pikmin Bloom on the back burner, but like, it it's getting to the point now where it's like, hey, you need to walk seventeen thousand steps to level up. So it's just it's there in the background. I'll turn it on once mm. every couple of days and go, okay, cool expeditions. Let me do the thing to get up to the next level and turn it off again. So. Nothing to report there. Um, yeah, I, I'd just be playing Final Fantasy fourteen. It's probably what the <laughs> podcast's going to be for the next couple of weeks, to be honest. So let's see. 
Well, you've done well completing Control and Last of Us too. So that's I, quite to be fair, I was very close to the end of Control. It was one of those things where I was like, well, before I start The Last of Us, maybe I should finish this so it doesn't just mm. sit on you, my console. But well, you gave up on Deathloop, is that right? No, I want to go back and play Deathloop. Oh, okay. I okay. fortunately the the people I play Final Fantasy fourteen with have all just bought Deathloop. But now Final Fantasy XIV's come mm. out, so I'm like, oh, I like that co-op-y aspect of it and like playing it with someone, yeah. so maybe I'll go back. I like that game a lot. Huh? It, it's a very good game. It's on sale, or was, for Black Friday, so mm. hopefully the player base will remain and you can do that invading. And that thing. is a next-gen exclusive, is that correct? It is, yeah, it is. Wow, you don't get many of them, do you? It's a PlayStation 5 <laughs> exclusive as well, Tom yeah. Perry, and you get yeah. even fewer of those, it seems like, at the moment. So You do. Yeah, that's it. Okay, right, we've rambled on long enough. May this um, session of curmudgeonly old gamers be adjourned. If you've enjoyed hearing us uh, complain (laughs) about video games, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, on Twitter at TMACast for the two of us, at TomPerry11 for him and at GameBoyle for me, as well as listen to the podcast in a variety of places, such as blastprocess.com, TomAndMattAttack.com forward slash podcast, on Stitcher iTunes and Spotify. If you've enjoyed it, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe or just say hello on any one of those places to let us know you're listening. Tom, as always, it is a pleasure. I'm now going to go put my coat on and go out and catch some swinabs in Pokemon Go because that's today. Oh, most enjoyable. How's the weather? <laughs> um, Cold, but not snowy, yes. which is the important yeah, thing. Because we've reached that time of year. Tis the season, Tom. Christmas mm. is coming. But also, weather is getting things. worse. Yeah, yeah, there's lots on the horizon. Wow, are you okay? Do you need a hug? Honestly. <laughs> uh, well, no, video. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a bit disillusioned with with stuff. I can't. I, I'd like to play uh, what, Cruising Blast. I think that's the only thing. I think. Okay. <laughs> on the Switch. <laughs> there's got to be something else. I'll have to have a look at what's coming out. I mean, to be fair, I got loads of other games. You know, I got a lot of games. I just play these ones that I've got. This is this is my thinking at the moment. It's like I'll play the games I've got. Because I've got too many, yeah. And I need to, yeah. I, as I say every week now, is becoming the new Yakuza and Shenmue. I need to sort out yeah. my games collection. Oh, you may like to. Uh, did you get Virtua Fighter Five? And uh, yeah, I think I did. Why is that? Uh, what's it called? The sh- Ultimate Showdown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yakuza uh, uh, add-on for it. Yeah, oh, that's coming. And this? yeah, and uh, I think it's just costume stuff. I, I don't care. I'll stop. But that. you can dress up as uh, uh, Yakuza characters. So. Good. I'm going to get into that, Tom Powell. I'm going <laughs> to give them some of my hard earned I'm not sure if it's out like yet, you. but I, I saw I saw a video of it uh, that my friend Danny narrated, actually. Danny at Sega. He, uh, he narrated this uh, video. Ooh. <laughs> it's quite fun. I'll give that a look. Right. Aces. Okay. Okay, mate. Well, lovely to speak to you, as always. And yep. thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Be sure, as always, to game on. Game on. Indeed.